0: There's such a difference, right, between being drawn to something and being told to do it and following it and fighting willpower. You can change what you're drawn to. That's the more important process than being given a list of foods you should eat and shouldn't eat. First thing I'm going to work with you on is mindful eating, slowing down, consciously connecting, and thinking about where the foods come from. And like you said, using food as an opportunity to connect with the people around you, your relationships will also improve. But you will find over time that you start to feel drawn to foods that actually nourish your body because you start to also get more body awareness.
1: Sarah is the founder of Copper & Cloves, which is a health and wellness website primarily focused on vegan and healthy recipes and also leading a healthy lifestyle too. She's also the founder of the Copper & Cloves Cafe based here in Bangalore, in Indranagar, to be precise. If this is the second time you're listening to this, that's because this is part 2 of my conversation with Sarah. Part 1 released a while ago, so if you haven't checked out part 1 yet, I would highly recommend checking it out. I'll leave a link to it in the description for you to go check out right now. Actually, now's a good time to go check it out before you proceed with this one because who knows what we've spoken about in the first part. And you know how FOMO works. Right? What if you go into this episode and you don't know what we spoke about in the first part? Okay, might make it sound like it's a little too extreme. It really matters or doesn't matter. It's really up to you. Maybe you want to listen to part two and then go back and check out part one. Be my guest. But yeah, you want to do it in chronological order, go check out part one first and then check out part two. Well, in this episode, we go into the education system and how it needs to be revamped from the ground up. We have so many issues, I personally believe, with the education system. And Sarah too felt the same. And we go into a whole lot of details when it comes to what we can do when it comes to education, how we can really change things up. So yeah, we also talk about how experimenting in life can go a long, long way. And also, also the importance of nutrition. This is such an important topic. I didn't have anyone on the show before this who was an expert in nutrition or health and wellness per se. So I'm glad that We finally got Sarah here to talk a whole lot about that. There's a lot of misinformation out there. A lot of people doing, I don't know, easy, quick hacks trying to get fit and healthy while actually it's not healthy at all. So yeah, I'm glad that, you know, we talk a lot about nutrition and wellness a little towards the end of the episode. By the way, this show's audio is brought to you by Sennheiser. I'll talk more about my partnership with Sennheiser a little later on the episode. Without further ado, this is part 2 of my conversation with Sarah from Corporate Enclosures. This is Against the Odds and I'm your host, Akash Damodhan. The show is all about inspiring people to take the unconventional path and lead a life that is truly fulfilling and rewarding. Watch and listen as talented individuals take us through their learnings, the challenges they face and how they continuously adapt to overcome them. I think yeah. I went off on a tangent earlier, but that uh, the whole, you know, helping, I was telling you, I was talking to my wife, and I have long conversations mm. about how I want to help people, mm. right? And the, my biggest aim, right? I think yeah. like the overarching, yeah. like what I need to do by maybe 30, 40 years down the line is somehow revolutionize the education system, mm. which I know will take a couple of decades. Especially in a place and environment like India, Mm, mm, right? mm. I'm talking really like having a year dedicated to just discovering yourself yeah figuring things out that's amazing right because i mean a lot of cultures have that already like australians take a gap year right they take a year off a lot of places around the world also they do the same thing
0: even i I was encouraged to do that after uni yeah i was encouraged to take a gap year it changed my life yeah I, i would be doing something completely different if i hadn't have done that absolutely and i i completely agree i think it's crazy when to hear you talking and just thinking so outside of the box like take a year to discover yourself like why are we teaching these same (laughs) subjects still it doesn't actually i don't use
1: anything i've learned i know like in terms of technical stuff like off the book i have nothing i don't think i'm using any of that right now
0: and it's just so the, the it just hasn't evolved with the world around you know that they've tried to bring it up by you know adding subjects but not completely revamped like re like you're saying like think about it completely differently like don't think about it as okay we need to update that textbook to include more about you know climate change or we need to introduce the subject of it yeah um but actually think like should we even be sitting in a classroom you know like should we even be teaching maths beyond this point should we be teaching taxes should we teaching like you should be
1: teaching like, i mean ta- like so a personal tax how much personal you finance. Taxes my God, personal
0: finance it is
1: oh my god i i really i mean not just me everyone needs that everyone needs
0: that and Jesus. and the fact that personal finance that well-being that you know emotions like mm. regular learning about self-awareness about your emotions, because that is actually what you need, you know, that is the difference between often your life going well or unfortunately taking a turn, because if you can't have self awareness and be able to handle your emotions, feel them and then move through them, you you know, you may numb them, you may get into a a serious addiction or, or a socially exception addiction, a socially acceptable addiction, but either way, it's going to hold you back and hinder you from Mm. like living your full potential. Whereas being able to regulate your emotions and not be afraid of them is like, how are we not teaching? I don't know. I'm sure there are lots of progressive schools around the world that Uh. are teaching them, but I'm pretty sure that most aren't. Yeah, I,
1: I, I mean, to think of what what's become mandatory versus what's I mean, like these things should be mandatory. They I should be. But instead, what we have put through, right, yeah. like, the grind is, and again, I, I think about this a lot and very again, extremely philosophical nature. Yeah. You're thinking yeah. about all of these things that maybe even if you tried all your life might not change. We we don't know, yeah. right? But. I'm thinking like you're 18 years old or 17 when you sign up for, you know, what you want to do. Yeah. And pretty much about 80 to 90% of them follow through till, well, the end of their career, which is so sad, right? But if, you, if you're if you able to give them some sort of guidance and, and you know, figure out maybe mm. in that first one or two years, mm. like, this is what this person mm. uh, is drawn towards and then kind of really focus and hone in on that. Oh my god it's not two years lost it's yeah, two year, it's exactly. it's numerous years gained
0: Exactly exactly yeah, Oh my
1: god I I have another again because we're talking about ideas uh and and I'm the kind of guy who does exactly the opposite of what people you know normally Mm. say right so for instance they say you have an idea oh my god keep a little hush hush and yeah no put it out there yeah you should put it out there you should talk about it because i've told you this yeah you never know where this might go yeah right
0: and now i'll think of you like if something ever comes up i'm like oh maybe i could connect you to this person like that's why i completely agree with you and i think the advice that like if you have an idea that you should just keep it to yourself because you don't want to seem silly that you're like telling people when you have no idea how you're going to do it. It's so untrue because this whole idea of manifesting, like manifesting your dreams, manifesting your ideas, it's not magic, okay? Yeah. You don't say it, think it, and then it happens. You say it, you think it, you prime your brain to look for opportunities that you may otherwise miss. And you also by telling people, you're putting it out there in such a way that, like you said, you've told me that. Yeah. Now I you don't know. Like I I may know someone who's looking to start a school completely and need someone to help them develop the curriculum and I'm like, I'm gonna connect you to. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, you never know. Yeah. I don't. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I actually don't know that person. Now, I feel like I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't know that person. A lot of but people are going to be commenting yeah. like, sellers support to help But I may well meet yeah. that person, you know? Yeah. I, even if it's in three years from now and I'll remember our conversation and I might, you know, jo- join the dots. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, put them yeah. out there. Tell me, what is your yeah. other idea?
1: <laughs> no, so the, the concept is to, and again, this is what I noticed Most people follow right? you go you and I'm taking engineering because that's what I've been through, but it's the same thing for anything, right? So you pick up engineering or your degree, three, four years, you go through the grind, and they teach you all of these subjects, which you barely even end up using. Yeah, it's more about just uh, showing you that, hey, this is what you're paid for. So there you go, take a couple of textbooks and jam it into your head. Right? That's basically what it is. And then towards the 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 uh, and again this is a, an indian thing right the last year is all about placements it's about getting a job yeah. right so um, i remember when all of us my entire my batchmates eventual batchmates uh, we are all looking for colleges and universities. The obvious question was, okay, so what's the placements like in this place? Mm. What what are the uh, options? Uh, the You know, how many people have not gotten placed from the previous batches yeah. and whatnot, right? Yeah. So those are the kind of conversations that happen towards the tail end of your course. Yeah. So the last year is all about, oh, they'll bring in... Um, What's it called? A uh, 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 not just a personality uh, development person, but just someone who's going to career guide you, right? Yeah. A career guidance yeah. counselor, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it's like a boot camp of sorts where they go through like three to four to five sessions, and apparently now you're equipped. Like, wait, what? Yeah. There are people in class who have never opened their mouths.
0: Yeah. They have yeah. no idea
1: how to, you yeah. know, even sit on the other side and interview.
0: Yeah. right. And they don't have that, that, um, you know, the conversational skills, yeah. you know, learning about em- emotional IQ, what they call EQ, EQ you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so they're not teaching that.
1: Yeah. They, I mean, they expect you to pick it up yeah. literally over four okay. sessions or yeah, five yeah, sessions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some colleges don't even offer that. Yeah. And, and again, it doesn't come down to that, right? It comes down to what you've been building the last 10 years yeah, or yeah. your entire life yeah, for that matter, yeah. the kind of person you are, it, it mm. it's more about what you're doing at home yeah. than what you're doing here. Yeah. Right? So just because you go through these, they'll give you a certain couple of hacks maybe, but that's, it's just a hack. Yeah. It's not a revolution, yeah. revolutionary yeah. method. Yeah. So... And then again, I realized that it's not just the bookworms or not just the geeks or not just the nerds who get a job. It's no. someone who can really communicate their thought across and have a fair idea mm. of the subject. Mm. I was one of those people yeah. I felt, at least yeah. on the latter, latter side. I was never, you know, the, the topper. I didn't give a shit about having to, you know, like mug up the book and, you know, just vomit it onto paper. Mm. I was just the kind of guy who, okay, I, I know this is what I need to know maybe I can make do with this. Yeah. And I will do whatever it takes to sell it. Mm. <laughs> that's the kind of, you know, like mm. a little bit on the street, yeah. smart yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. And and that's how I cracked the interview. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the, the first company that came was, well, Deloitte. Yeah. And there was about 30 of us that got in and I noticed when I looked at the people who got in, 20, I'd say about 90 to 95% of them, none of them were the really, yeah, yeah, they were not the toppers. actually the
0: affable, like, exactly. because you have, I mean, obviously you have a lot of charisma and that's actually so, so uh, much
1: more important. It's Yeah, it's that social skill, yeah, right? It's yeah. whether you can even, you know, just stand up and start talking to 20 people. Yeah, can you do that? Yeah, And, and so that's the thing that right? I think that whole program itself is strange. And not just that, people are just looking at getting a job. Mm. because they have to get a job. And I still hear my parents, my grandparents, a lot of my family members still talk about this. Oh, he, he's almost done with his course. He doesn't have a job. So, you know, it's such a waste. It's you such know, a pressure. It, oh it's God, big it's pressure. pressure. Oh my God, it is. Yeah. And I remember at one point, they came back and said, uh, we're not taking 30, we're taking 25 people. So five of you might not even get your job, which are, which has been which has been promised to you. And I'm like, what are you saying? Yeah. And then the next couple of three, four months was just torture for all of us you like, what the hell, oh my dude? Gosh, what are you saying? So, so yeah, it is. It was really stressful. I had like, literally, I had really? tears in my eyes yeah, when I was I talking to imagine. the counselor and it was really weird. Well, but still, you know, like I'm thinking there has to be a much better approach to all of this, right? And also what I noticed is you will, if you decide to take up the job, chances are you'll continue through with mm. the job. And that's what, and even though, whether you like it or not, it's not yeah. the point.
0: Whether it's ever been your dream.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So, My concept and what I've realized after, you know, studying numerous companies is to basically have, let's say if it's a four-year course, you have like three years of, again, not even three years, I'd say about two years across the span of four years of technical know-hows, you know, like Mm. you learn the subjects the way you would, Mm. if it's even required. Mm. But the other two years is more about really two things. One is figuring, I mean, improving your You know, these skills that I spoke about, uh, how you can present yourself, how can you convey certain thoughts across, because you can be the smartest person in the room. But if you can't put the thought across, it's as, you know, it's as good as not even having the idea in the first place. Right. So that's one aspect. And the second bit was figuring out that purpose or your passion, which is a very tough thing to do. This whole follow your purpose of passion is a very misleading thing of sorts because you can't... What is our passion? What you is the purpose? You don't even
0: know. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. it's taken a long time of going in a direction to... And you can have lots of purposes also. Absolutely. But it's about tapping into them.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, actually, I guess what you're saying is like, finding them yeah. is the thing that
1: people need support with. Absolutely. Like those 120 questions you said, right? Like, uh, that's, you You know, everyone wants um, a quick fix. Mm. Everyone's looking for quick solutions. Yeah, there, things
0: right? that are replicable and this yeah. thing. But actually, it's not. It's messy. It might really involve, like, yeah, kind
1: it's of... All of it. Like, yes. literally.
0: It's very human to human also. Like, I remember that thing. It was like you had to fill it in and then they scanned it <laughs> and it spat it out. Like, it's an algorithm, like you yeah, said.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. And and it's so so I'm thinking, like... In the first year, you decide to become a photographer. Yeah. So then the next three years is about... Not even the next three years. The next six months is about seeing whether you even like it. Mm. Try things out. Practically do stuff. Mm. If it doesn't work out, it's fine. No shame. Yeah. Move on to the next yeah, thing. Here's some Try that. Thing. Uh, yeah. And then maybe by the end of it, you might or might not have figured it out. You can even get an extension to the course. But at the end of the day, you come out knowing whether this is what you want to do. Yeah. And I, that is revolutionizing it from the top, you know, yeah. from bottom to top. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that, yeah. And it's not easy to do. Yeah. I get that. And especially because of how bureaucratic and political things can get i get that it is really
0: hard it would be a hard sell but i do think increasingly people are going to understand how important something like this is and i think the other thing that would be really good for that is that maybe that you know you may come out of it still not knowing what you want to do but you've explored avenues but the key thing is you've also learned a lot about yourself about how to connect with people about how to um you know, about self-reflection and self-actualization. So, and those are the actual important things that then even if you've done all these different things and you decide I want to do something else, that they will, those things will help you to get that job that you've decided you want. Absolutely. So it's like, I mean, to me, there's so much in education. I mean, there's so uh, little and there's so much space for more stuff that helps you to know yourself. And it's about learning, it's about self-awareness it's about you know becoming aware of of your emotions and the impact of you having more body awareness having more awareness about connection and how you connect with people all of those things are like the soft skills that we're never taught like i swear like ever (laughs) and it's it's really really difficult i think to to teach them but you're that what you're describing would inherently build those things in because you're constantly asking people like are you enjoying this really yeah yeah uh, you're asking people you're giving them so much agency that they have to begin to know themselves Correct. which normally most education institutes whether it's kindergarten to your master's or phd they literally aren't encouraging you to know yourself they're encouraging you to follow the script
1: yeah yeah and that's the thing that the script's built by someone else and it was built a really long time ago. A really <laughs> long time Post-industrial ago. Post-industrial era, yeah. Yeah,
0: and, and it hasn't really fundamentally changed. But look at our lives and how much they've changed. So yeah. it's actually crazy when you think about it.
1: Oh my God, dude, the whole 40-hour work week set like, created what a, Hundred years ago, yeah, and we're still following it,
0: yeah. It's and crazy. so that—that's
1: why companies are coming out today with uh, a four-four day work. Yeah, they're
0: really trialing yeah. that yeah. now. It's yeah. very exciting. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It really is because that would be the the biggest single biggest kind of change yeah. to structure that yeah. we've seen in our lifetime. I yeah. feel.
1: Yeah, I mean, everyone's gone. I mean, moved away from working in an office space and now they're working at home yeah Yeah, so all of these things together i mean these things should change too yeah exactly i Uh, think it's really
0: interesting i you know i don't know whether you remember this but just speaking about education like i remember at school like when we were studying the second world war we were studying about um in the uk like about how it impacted Mm. day to day life so of course we learned about the second world war itself and all the you know awful things but also about the social change. So, for example, women in the workplace. Everyone can look back and say, okay, yeah. the Second World War was the single biggest fast forward to something that was anyway happening because women had to go into the workplace and then they were like, well, we're not going to just leave because the war's over yeah. and because of the manpower crisis, it 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 fundamentally and I remember learning that and, you know, in history, you know, source this and, you know, you had to like analyse different (laughs) history texts and stuff. And I think it will be really interesting how people will analyse what's happened with, you know, the pandemic over the last few years, the things that will fundamentally change about the way we work and Mm. interact. And I can imagine a kid in 20 years time saying like, oh, the global pandemic You know, obviously there were awful things and it was caused by this. And these were some of the terrible things that happened. But also these are some of the social changes which came about as a result of it. And so much of it was about the flexibility, like the flexibility of the workplace and changing the way that people work.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But the education system, I don't know whether, you know, because just putting the same old classes online is not a change. That's not a change. That is just making things worse, actually, because you're mm-hmm. taking away the connection and the camaraderie of school. And just that's the main didactic- reason you go to school. Right? Yeah, because that's it. That's the best part about school. The didactic teaching about old fashioned things that we've all agreed are half of them irrelevant these days is the worst part about school. And all that's going to happen is it seems like to me and my friends with children have observed that it's just the same stuff just being Mm. taught via zoom and the parents are doing more of the work rather than the teachers and the kids aren't losing all sense of connection and Mm. camaraderie and somehow something has to change about that as well
1: oh my god dude because uh, i i think about this a lot and i'm thinking about how right now we can't say but 20 years down the line you'll see these changes because the kids were grown up by then You can't see it now. And you have no idea what are the social repercussions. Because a kid's still going to be a kid for the next five years. But
0: that loss of interaction and and somehow the education system needs to be focusing on that. Not on the lost time where they're not learning about a parallelogram. Which frankly, (laughs) when, what, why do we need to learn about that? But they need to be focusing on how... Can we get kids to learn from each other and from connection and from relationships? Because that's actually the most applicable part of your education in school to the real world is everything you learn through connection and relationships and all those little playground dynamics and everything are like huge learnings, which actually apply. Yeah. Not parallelograms. (laughs)
1: That's what the title of this episode is yeah. going to be. Not parallelograms. Not parallelograms. Don't be a parallelogram.
0: Yeah, seriously.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: man. So, oh,
1: I, so I was listening to this uh, some uh, I, somewhere recently where uh, this expert was talking about what is going to be revolutionized in the coming 50 years or so, or maybe even 100 years. And you actually touched upon it. You, you said people are now... Uh, you know, end up living longer than 100 years. Yeah. Right? So so two areas this person spoke about, and this is an expert, and it's come from, you know, years mm-hmm. of study and research and all that. He said, one is going to be healthcare. Because right now, you go yeah. to a doctor yeah. because, well, he's a doctor, she's a doctor, right? They have the degree, and that's it. Apparently, st- studies and research has shown that... Um, about 70% of the medicines that are being prescribed don't even have the intended effect. So it's just being prescribed because that's the, you know, That's what they learn. Yeah, it's it's the kind of carbon copy approach, right? And, and there are a lot of doctors these days that do Google, all of these things. And again, you should because there's no shame in doing that because you're trying to stay ahead of the You've curve and all of that. you got to update
0: yourself. Yeah, yeah, you're learning.
1: So eventually healthcare is going to hit a point where it's going to be super personalized. It's going mm. to be, and this is where tech and AI is going to come in and kill things, mm. right? It's going to be for you. Yeah. Right now, healthcare is, a, again, a one-size-fits-all yeah. fits sort model. of, a, yeah. yeah? Uh, and the other one is education because right now as well, everything is again, a one size fits all. This is what it what's there. You pay for it and just take it or leave yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. And if you don't, and again, how many models do we have? We have three or two, three models in the entire of India. You can only follow these two, yeah, three approaches, and that's yeah. it. And In they're not of... that different fundamentally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People <laughs> act like they're like, oh, it's this or this, but ultimately, they're pretty similar. It's ultimately how much you pay for mm, it. It's mm, what it is. Mm. It's because obviously there's a social stigma attached yeah. to this whole thing. So mm. it's the kind of people that are going to yeah. come to certain schools. Yeah. So it's also that. I get that. Yeah. But what's going to be revolutionized, and I think, uh, so he said that, uh, what would you say is uh, the right way to. Uh, check if you're smart or not, if you're, if you're wise, rather, mm. right? The way you can say someone's wise is through experience. You mm. go through certain instances or experience yeah. and then by the end of it, you can say this person's wise, yeah. right? AI can do that by running, you know, certain mm. combinations mm. of things and then figure out, okay, this is what it takes, right? So they're saying AI is going to come in and revolutionize wow. education is what they're saying, yeah. right? And that's and where- personalize I, it, I guess. But exactly. Yeah. You, it's very subjective, so yeah. you have to have it given specifically curated for this person. Yeah. So I think that, and I'm hoping that really, really changes things yeah. top to bottom. Like I really hope it does. But then again, it all comes back to what I said, right? You need to give someone time to yeah. see whether they want to either be an engineer or a YouTuber. Because these are two very different things. I mean, there's nothing wrong in trying to be a YouTuber the first six months, if you can come. And again, you know, the the, the creators and anyone in the art field, the ones who transcend and kill it are ones who also know the business aspects mm, of it and how yeah. do you scale this? Yeah, The other guys are very creative and smart. Well, you're there. You're, you're doing your stuff. You're great. But you don't know how to make make money out mm. of this. You know, how, you know how to make this a business, mm. right? And I think that's where I think this whole trying things out you have four years keep yeah, trying and, yeah. and also another addition to this idea was instead of why would why would parents believe you like why would they want to send kids here well it's because we would want to partner with companies that are doing this yeah and get them they, to work with them yeah. directly while you're in college have their buy-in yeah so that they i mean think about it like yeah. interns usually convert outside india at least even in india for that matter if you're an intern at a company chances of it converting to full-time roles very high right Mm, so if you intern with a company for six months chances are you can get a full-time job there yeah so then you can intern with a company and then see that and again you'll have to take it's very nuanced of course it's not like hey kid you're 18 go go work here through this uh, educational institute it's not going to work that way Mm. but then imagine if we brought in let's say deloitte someone wants to be a Mm -hmm. consultant Mm -hmm. we bring deloitte in they work with deloitte for six months through us and then they see okay whether this is for you or not. They get some work done for free. It could be a free internship or mm, whatever. Mm. And in turn, the kid gets to learn whether the, whether he or this she fits that want. or not. Yeah. And then you try that again and again. And and that's why. And, what I'm and I think that's
0: a really good. I mean, in terms for businesses as well, like you know, Deloitte as we keep talking about obviously. It's like almost like there. this show sponsored, yeah, by- <laughs> sponsored by Deloitte. But you know, and you know, not to disparage anybody yeah. who and I and I have a friend, you know, who joined Deloitte ten years ago and he's just gone through the ranks and he loves it. And that's yeah. great. And it's not in any way disparaging of someone that wants there's a to... good chance
1: both of us could go back to Deloitte yeah, Who yeah. Knows? because
0: Deloitte also but the good thing about is any big company like that is it's so broad yeah the yeah. work the scope of work is so broad I mean you you can be consulting for a local government or for a, a, the government of a whole country or you could be consulting for a business or you could be doing internal work and so there's actually a lot of and so if they can also but, but again with Deloitte just like the same problem with all the educational institutions is you sort of have to pick one yeah. at, at least for the first two years as far as i understand when you go through the graduate scheme it's, it's and and then you get rotations within that but but it's still within a scope like- whereas actually if everyone can just be a bit more broad and open-minded and say like like your idea with an education institution where you don't put your stake in the ground at the beginning and say this is what i'm going to do the whole way through but you get the opportunity to try things and if even organisations could be a bit like that, a bit more open to like, hold on, you're really good at this bit. Yeah. And actually you'd be better off, you know, in this role. Yeah. Um, or even, you know, we can place you in, you know, we know that the this organisation that we were consulting for, you know, we have a good relationship with them. We can place you in in other organizations. Yeah. There's just a bit more fluidity. Yeah, I think fluidity is the key yeah. thing that's needed. It's I mean, that so sounds rigid like, right now. And it, that sounds like proper counseling. You know, mm, that's how counseling should, should be. be. Like, let's think outside the box. Let's work out what... what, And it doesn't have to be something that you're amazing at. It has to be something that lights you up. Because that's the thing that's, that you're also going to be able to see through. Like, And that you're going to be able to work... Yeah. In, you know?
1: Yeah. And again, th- th- no one looks at it that way, right? And that's the sad part of the story. I mean, no one is. is it's a big change. It's a it, big task. That's here. what I said. It's yeah. like the more you think about it, the more you're like, wow, okay, this sounds great, but man it has so many moving parts mm, and it's just a yeah. big it's it's literally the everest of yeah, <laughs> the seriously. education system oh and, man <laughs> oh, and i wish you all
0: i mean you know all the good will in the world to make that dream a reality because i i think it's definitely the right direction
1: Taking a small, quick, short break from our conversation to talk about our partnership and collaboration with Sennheiser. Damn, I can't believe that we were able to make this collaboration happen. It's just a dream come true, to be very honest. But uh, yeah, now there's a way that I want to help you guys out in your content creation journey too, because Senizer is kind enough to send me a whole lot of equipment that we use here at Against the Odds. And so if you are actually on the lookout for the right kind of equipment to take your game, your content creation game to the next level, or you don't know what is the right pieces of equipment to invest in, then you can actually just reach out to me directly on Instagram. or on email and again i'm getting a lot of these on instagram already so i thought might as well have segments of this on our show to let people know you know what are the equipment pieces that we use right now so that maybe they can also explore it and you know make a choice and today i'd like to talk about this wonderful piece of equipment <laughs> that's the best way to describe it it's called hd 400 these are open back headphones by sennheiser and um, if you might have seen some of the previous or listen to some of our previous episodes, you, I might have spoken about some of these closed back headphones. But this one is an open back, which means you can actually hear through um, uh, the environment or the place you're sitting in as well and gives you a far more natural sounding output. So it's perfect. If you're planning to listen to music or audio uh, or mix and edit for longer hours, super comfortable. You can see that the ear pads are like super spongy and soft. (laughs) And um, yeah, it's just superb in terms of quality. And another thing with open back is that if you are a solo content creator, so for instance, when I got started and for the longest bit, I was recording, shooting and doing everything on my own, right? So if I had something like passive or active noise cancellation headphones on I can't really hear what's happening around so if there is some sort of a noise or something maybe the camera just switched off I wouldn't be able to tell but something like this is perfect if you want to just put it on while you know you have your conversation you might have seen maybe veterans like joe rogan and a whole lot of people wearing headphones while they are recording or shooting their podcasts and i would recommend keeping one of these open back headphones on because it gives you a fair idea of what's happening around you while also be while also being able to very clearly hear what you and the guest or the guests are talking about so yeah i would highly recommend checking out the hd400s if you are looking for one of the best open back headphones in the market right now highly highly recommend it i will leave a link to the HD 400s as well as pretty much all the equipment that we use here at against the odds down in the description below for you to go check out and like i said if you have any questions or any queries don't hesitate to reach out cheers now we go back to the conversation i have one last thing i want to talk to you about because we I know we went off on a couple of tangents, but that's great. I think that's where the nuggets yeah, lie. Yeah, me too. I love tangents. Yeah, and and I, I and most of our conversations on on the show has been, you know, th- those parts which went off on tangents are where you know all of this lies. But one thing again, uh, that I think, just generally people don't think too much about is nutrition, right? Yeah. yeah. And like for instance, if and and especially when teenagers grow up. The first thing they try to do is get a gym membership. They look at fitness, which are things you can do outside. Yeah. Uh, it could be... And and every other thing, except nutrition, which is probably the last in the list, is what they first, you know, dedicate a lot of effort towards. Right? Yeah. And then is when nutrition finally, you know, comes into play. Yeah. Which actually, if you think about it, it's, it's upside down. Yeah, it is. You should think about... Nutri- and I, I think no one better... And again, we've never had someone in the nutrition space. So you're like perfect for this. So story. <laughs>
0: where I actually think things go wrong is also the the amount of misinformation out there and ultimately we is in India and in the UK where I grew up I can only comment on what I know but ultimately a, a complete diet culture situation. So mm. that's really what I want to fight against. So I think sometimes people don't think about nutrition till last but sometimes they do think about it first but their first interaction with nutrition is i'm going to go keto yeah i'm going to go on a diet a diet which has a name which is a one size fits all which Mm. it's just very very similar that you know that oh they look at things on and increasingly in social media it's even younger and younger although i didn't have social media like i said when i was at school when i was a 13 year old girl we didn't have instagram we didn't have facebook i guess we had magazines but something still led me towards oh i need to you know i need to change the way i look i need to diet and now it's even more prevalent and pervasive for teenagers that their first interaction with nutrition will often be someone selling them the idea that they can change their body shape to look like a person who genetically is 0.001% of the population could ever look like that. And they feel that, oh, because they they can look like that. If they follow a specific prescribed diet, at the moment it's keto, in the past it's been starve yourself with zero calories, it's been paleo, it's been Atkins, it's been a number of different things, right? Ultimately, extremely restrictive approaches to nutrition, and it's not nutrition, it's dieting, often now under the guise of good nutrition is just literally a recipe for getting locked into a cycle of binge restrict, Mm. of yo-yo dieting, of yo-yo weight. And it is a recipe for um, eroding your self-esteem because every time you, you can't stick to a diet, whether you're a 15 year old girl or a 14 year old man trying it for the first time, as soon as you can't stick to that diet, something is eroded in you, you, you are told, uh, I failed. Mm. I failed to do this, I couldn't stick to it. And you, you lose something of yourself as well as you severely damage your nutrition. Mm. Uh, as in you severely you severely damage your digestive system
1: um, and your self-esteem and and your self-esteem
0: and it's honestly something I really try and fight against and in my mission like I said at the beginning is to get people to feel excited and inspired to eat well Mm. and when I say eat well I do not mean go on a calorie controlled or any other kind of counting numbers based diet because
1: we all like numbers we love
0: numbers we (laughs) love numbers you know we love having something to count or you know and even weight being counted you know it's completely irrelevant it's all about like what if you have a very healthy set of habits then and and that is your living well then how you look and your weight is irrelevant to that You know, we have to reach a point in society where we accept that if you live well, Mm. if you move regularly, you don't have to be shredded. You don't have to have hit a number on a scale or look a certain way. But if you move your body regularly in a way that feels good to you, if you have a good relationship with food, a positive relationship with food, you eat well and you have also attention to the other things you you can manage your stress productively you can you're in touch with your emotions and you can get to sleep at, yeah. um, seven to nine hours a night it doesn't matter what you look like and it doesn't matter what weight you are like we i mean that is my dream of a and it is a completely out there dream like people might say that but ultimately we are still very much governed by you know it, it, when people started to say like oh you know it's so good that it's no longer about diets. Now for girls, it's about strong, not skinny. <laughs> it's rubbish because strong, not skinny is, again, I still has an idealized body type and it's still promoting a certain thing. So when I, you asked me about nutrition, like when I'm talking about nutrition, I'm talking about focusing. I'm not saying eat anything. Like yeah. just, it, I'm talking about eating whole foods most of the time. Like, you know, there's a famous... Um, Uh, saying by Michael Pollan like eat food not too much mostly plants Mm -hmm. and and you know I I really um, that is my kind of I personally am a plant-based chef eater I don't label myself um, I don't label my cafe as vegan but it is it's it's fully plant-based because I want to get people excited about whole food plant-based eating right the
1: label doesn't Doesn't matter
0: matter. and the label if anything it can be a problem because it i I mean it it can exclude people like oh it's a vegan cafe why would i go there actually 80 percent of our customers are you know non-vegetarians
1: carnivores yeah Mm.
0: not not just uh not vegan but non-vegetarians because we we that's the kind of vibe we're putting out there it's fun it's celebratory you barely notice right that it's not um, that it because we're focused on what we're putting in it. We're not focused on what we take away. I could make a lot more money and have a lot more, um, uh, charge a lot more. If I could say like, okay, this dish is this many calories. These are your macros. Mm-hmm. So if you're on this diet and I could sell my product that way, like yeah. my cafe and my meal subscription, I could sell it that way. And it would be a lot easier to sell then, you know, these are whole foods locally sourced and we do have a focus on gut health, right? and trying to replenish your gut health through eating lots of fiber and lots of things. It's nowhere near as easy to sell as, it's its this amount of calories. So if you're on this diet, you could have this, this, this is your macros. You know, hashtag it, keto, yeah, hashtag, hashtag keto. We would honestly, like we could have blown up, but it's, I really, really don't agree. With mm. diets, mm. I don't think that they work. I know that from experience. I know that it's not just that they don't work, that they damage you, yeah. like I said. And they lead they are a recipe for disordered eating and disordered self-esteem as well as being bad for the body, literally. Right. And actually, what we need to do is get back in touch with what are whole foods in their whole form and move away from processed foods, right? Not in a restrictive, like because of the calories or because of this, but because ultimately, you know, we have evolved to eat whole foods. And I know I'm speaking from a position of privilege, you know, that almost goes without saying, like not everybody has the opportunity to be able to cook or to be able to afford um, to eat in a way other than the way that they're just making do. But I am talking about people who have a choice. And in India, I'm talking about like urban cosmopolitan India who do have a choice and yet are still stuck in a cycle where they feel guilty. They eat processed foods. They know that they shouldn't, but they feel like it's kind of, um, I mean, they're being marketed to us. And I feel that, you know, moving people back to a place where they love eating whole foods, and I'm just gonna keep saying <clears throat> whole foods. Whole foods meaning vegetables, fruits of all different colors, nuts, seeds, whole grains, not processed, um, and pulses, dals, um, and herbs and spices. So not kind of, and getting excited about putting them together, together in different ways. And I think that, again, it's not really taught in schools, really. Mm. it's in in schools you learn about what is a carbohydrate or whatever but not
1: really (laughs) not even that barely yeah i had no idea that carbohydrates are the same thing as carbs (laughs) 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 like you know exactly like i'm thinking from a technical standpoint yeah
0: like dismantle the basics basically and to help people to just come up with um you know understand a healthy way to eat that it doesn't you know for me healthy eating isn't you know just having a green juice and like all these kind of trendy foods sometimes i do yeah
1: don't
0: get me wrong but um it's also just about like and the good thing is in south india there is a lot i mean n- real natural home food like dals yeah a subzi you know some red rice like it's you you, it's some of the healthiest and tastiest food in the whole world, Yeah, yeah. actually.
1: Flavors, yeah. But
0: unfortunately, people are moving away from that and buying more ready-made food, more packaged foods, and getting stuck in cycles where even, you know, when they, they're eating, um, you know, those processed foods and then they're going on crash diets and then they're getting stuck in like a yo-yo, up and down thing. So I, I really, really do want and feel... Um, that my mission is to get people to fall back in love with just eating well. I, I'm really confident that people's, you know, you can actually change your palate. Mm. The more you eat natural whole foods, the more you get used to not eating highly processed foods full of hydrogenated fats. It's a fat habit salts. at the end of the day, right? It's a habit, and and literally your palate changes. So the the actually then eating some home-cooked meal will will be more inviting and you'll feel more drawn to it naturally than the the processed packaged food that is high in salt, high in sugar and high in fat that, you know, conditions your brain to want more and more of it because that's an evolutionary hangover from periods of scarcity. Yeah. And so I, I feel that, yeah, I mean, that's basically my take <laughs> on nutrition yeah yeah
1: so true and the reason why i wanted you to talk about this is it, you basically hit the nail the head mm. you said these are things that should be taught right it it's the same as personal finance exactly the same as you know your tax yeah, these exactly. are things these are tools that's going to help you in your life but we don't like i said i really didn't know carbs and yeah. Oh my god! And, so-
0: and I don't. And you're not the only one. And there's there's lots of misconceptions out there, you know, um, and and there's lots of sort of old wives' tales and mm. all these like things which become, you know, the rhetoric and people don't understand about really what it means to eat healthily, um, to eat in a way that's also in harmony with the environment, um, and to eat in a way that's. You know, one of the things I teach, which is something I would love to see being taught at schools, it's something I do try and work with parents to teach their kids, is about slow and mindful eating. It's one of the most powerful things. that It's completely free. Mm. And it's one of the most powerful things that you can do for your nutrition and your health that doesn't actually require you to do like a big overhaul of your fridge and your, (laughs) you know, your shopping habits. But just start by eating slowly and mindfully like I call it mindful eating basically just means slow eating you Mm. know slow down chew your food you have to chew your food way more than you think take a breath and a pause between each mouthful keep your hands on the table while you're chewing rather than preparing the next bite so that it's ready to go even before you swallowed while
1: you binge on Netflix
0: yeah while you're watching something and you're looking at your phone (laughs) and and actually slow down and aim to um, really slow down your the, the amount of time you're eating by half. And what you'll notice is also then you have a much better relationship with your hunger and fullness cues, which are very powerful, which are... You know, people are like, I've got no self-control. Nobody does. I mean, it's not something that people have or they haven't. Self-control comes from, I mean, your body can regulate itself, but we override the signals and we become so habituated to ride the signals we don't even realize that they're there and that we can harness them. And so like teaching people to get back in touch with their hunger and fullness cues is such a powerful way to help people have a healthier relationship with food and to be able to trust their bodies. You know, people feel so, um, what's the word? Like in, uh, like they're fighting their bodies. They're like, oh, you know, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I just crave it. And actually we're one and the same, like when we can tune into these cues, it becomes a lot easier Mm -hmm. um, to feel in control and also to recognize it's completely fine to, to indulge. You should, When I you think. want to. I, I mean, it's not just that you should. It, it it will come naturally. Exactly. It's not about having a cheat day. Like, please don't get me started on cheat days because I could talk for a whole <laughs> podcast about the problems with cheat days. It's not that. It's about saying, like, when you feel like it, have it. But when you do that and you give yourself permission to indulge whenever you feel like it, actually, you'll find that you will self-regulate. You yeah. will have it when you feel like it and it will it will take all of the, like, mental kind of pull and push about it which we waste a lot of energy you know (laughs) worrying and thinking and worrying oh god i'm gonna probably overeat at that time or whatever jotting down
1: the calories yeah and (laughs) and
0: thinking about calories and then feeling increasingly stressed and it doesn't have to be that hard actually (laughs) you know be eating well and being healthy doesn't have to be that like grind um doesn't have to be tough it doesn't have to be a battle with yourself like it can be so much easy easier. <laughs> it can be
1: easy yeah oh my god I've, I've been doing a lot more of this so my wife and i so my wife's left now she's already in canada right so we moved back in with my grandma uh last year so we made a habit of uh, sitting down together for lunch mm, that's Right. Nice. that itself so earlier it was just you know just sitting down in front of you know like the laptop yeah or the and TV. i'm working and yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. That, yeah, so now sitting down with no tech and just having lunch. And connecting, connecting over food. Is, yeah, And that's, I think, the best way to connect, right? It is over food. I completely agree. I mean, like, that's what food is for, I think. I, honestly,
0: <laughs> I completely agree. That's why I love exp- creating food experiences for people because... And ones that involve connection. Yeah,
1: you know. yeah. I mean, if you think about it, right? Some of these biggest events, anything from a wedding to whatever, right? Uh, uh, To a housewarming, all of these things are based on how good the food is. Mm. Because if the food's not good, no one's yeah. gonna remember the wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, everything else is great. I mean, you had a fun time, but the food, uh, so yeah, it's okay. Yeah,
0: I completely agree. <laughs> I can like name. I can think back about all the different weddings I've been to, and I'm like, oh yeah, that one. Yeah. Do you remember how good the canapes <laughs> were? Oh, that grazing table was insane. Like, so oh, true. Man.
1: Yeah. So and and I've been doing a little bit, m- not enough, I think. But what you call mindful eating, you know, like slowing down. Yeah. I don't I haven't slowed down enough. But it's been more about knowing the kind of food you're eating. Yeah, right? exactly.
0: The more you slow down, the more you connect with the the feeling of eating, how it feels in the mouth, chewing properly before you swallow, not distracting yourself, but actually connecting. The funny thing is that you naturally start to um, care more about what you're eating. Absolutely. It, it, when you slow down and really consciously eat, and you're eating like a process, you know, like something or from like a dodgy, like <laughs> suddenly you're like, not really feeling this. And and knowing where food comes from, connecting it to its source, about who's been involved in the journey. So mindful eating becomes like, yes, it's the physical slowing down and connecting to your hunger and fullness cues, stopping when you're satisfied, eating when you're hungry. But it is also um, about thinking like, Actually, I'm pretty sure a lot of plastic has been involved in getting this food to my plate. And you you start to think about, do I really want to be involved in that? You know, you think think about the supply chain. Yeah. yeah. You think about people that may have been harmed or exploited in the process. It it actually. It's almost
1: meditative. Of it's sorts. it
0: is, and it's it's very connecting, and it makes you naturally, not because you've gone on a diet, and because you're suddenly. You know, but because you naturally suddenly feel drawn towards eating locally grown whole foods. Mm. And it just keeps coming back to that. Like if, if this is locally produced and I'm supporting the people around me and I know that this is grown locally, it's less likely to have been involved in plastic to to, to, to transport it. And I, I and it's been cooked with love in some mm. way, prepared with love in some way. I, I really believe that that can change the way you eat without it being a struggle because you start there's such a difference right between being drawn to something and being told to do it and following it and fighting willpower Mm, yeah and so you can change what you're drawn to that's the more important process than being given a list of foods you should eat and shouldn't eat you know i'm a health coach and everyone comes to me they're like okay write me a meal plan i'm like i will not (laughs) The first thing no, I, I, will yeah, yeah, I will not, like the first thing I'm going to work with you on is mindful eating, slowing down, consciously connecting and thinking about where the foods come from. And like you said, using food as an opportunity to connect with the people around you, your relationships will also improve. So cool. And if you take the time to like listen to your grandma while she's talking and not just look on your plate and shovel food <laughs> into your mouth, you will naturally slow down. And you know, if you're also talking, yeah. you will also not eat as fast. You'll find you'll get full satisfied. you'll be able to pick up, actually I'm done. Mm. And then you don't mindlessly eat and then you're already overstuffed by the time you're like, oh, I think I've eaten too much, you know? Mm. So when you slow down and you your relationships improve, you connect, you have a more nourishing experience by the food and the connection, yeah. and, you find over time, I'm not saying it happens in one day, but you will find over time that you start to feel drawn to foods that actually nourish your body because you start to also get more body awareness. So you right. think, you know, if you, you can eat something, it will be absolutely delicious and like satiating while you're eating it. But if you crash and feel, yeah, you know, you just sometimes feel yucky after eating processed foods. And not sometimes. Pretty yeah, much pretty much time. all the time. And sometimes you've made it. I, I'm not saying I never, you know, I love having a pizza, for example, because also now you can get vegan pizza. I love, um, you know, I'm very partial to a packet of crisps. I'm not going to lie. But I'm the more I connect with how I feel afterwards and just that feeling of like having to throw that plastic away and, and then thinking about how I feel afterwards, the taste that stays in your mouth, how it feels in your body. I'm not saying I never do it. Sometimes I actively choose to deal with that, but mm. I feel less drawn towards it. And that's a lot easier than before when I was stuck in a cycle of yo-yo dieting for a good 10 years. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. hundred percent. I, I mean, it really why I was drawn to this career was I, you know, I really had a very, very bad relationship with food mm. um, and I healed that and it took a lot of work um but it wasn't it was it was really really disordered and negative and you know in my mind it was like you can't eat crisps you'll get fat and then you know they're they're bad foods and then what did I find myself craving and secretly eating in my bedroom at night was like a whole packet of crisps you know and I'd eat them and then I'd feel awful afterwards and that is such a You know, when I say that, you know, often people will look at me and they're like, oh, my God, it's it's me with this. Yeah. You know, they they res a lot of people resonate with this. What I just said, that idea of like shamefully trying to avoid something all day and then secretly indulging in it and then feeling horrible afterwards. Mm -hmm. And the fact that that's prevalent is not it's not right. It's not right. We shouldn't have that relationship. And now when I think about the ease with which I move through. Oh, there's some Chris like, oh yeah, these are really good. Actually, I'm done or whatever. Like, I'm not saying I never eat a packet of crisps and I'm not saying I don't ever sometimes overeat or feel guilty after I eat, but just the ease with which I can move through the day around food compared to 10 years ago is so important, I think. Yeah. And and that's another thing, as you said, should be addressed <laughs> in our education because we shouldn't have to struggle like this.
1: It, I mean, like I said, it's it's a it's a habit, you know. Like you said, you're you're retraining your, yeah. you know, your tannins. Is, is that what you palate palate? Right.
0: Your literally your taste buds, like okay, your taste yeah. buds and 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 so, sort of what feels good to you. Yeah, yeah. And I know it sounds. I mean, I don't want to sound super pious and like on oh, my high horse, but you know, we have a cafe. We serve really nourishing satisfying like salads right we that's a whole thing there's not it's not lettuce and tomato with a bit of dressing (laughs) you know they have channa they have roast vegetables they'll have nuts they'll have all different things and like i genuinely i crave them it uh, you know it comes in front of me i want to eat it you know i really savor it and and that obviously makes it a lot easier to eat healthily Rather mm. than if I was like, oh, I should eat salads. I have to eat salads. I just want yeah. to have crisps, but I can't have crisps. And that would be disgusting of me. I, oh, I feel so bad. And, and that relationship then is, it's completely different. Yeah, yeah. So feeling drawn and looking forward towards eating something makes it a lot easier. So you need to retrain your palate like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think sustainability is the name of the game. Right? Trying to like stick with it for like the... 10, 20, 30 years. Your whole your... life. There's yeah.
0: no point. I always say this to people who are on keto, like, can you see yourself eating like this in Indeed. a year's time, in five years time, in 10 years time? If the answer to any of those questions is no, why are you doing it now? It's not going to have a long lasting effect. So if you know, people have this real myth of before and after. Mm-hmm. But what happens after after? Like <laughs> You know, people are like, oh, I lost 20 kilos. Yeah. It's amazing. Is it? yeah is it amazing or or was that a really difficult year and yeah you feel amazing now and then you can go back to normal and you're gonna feel worse about yourself and you're gonna have damaged yourself in the process
1: both physically and mentally physically
0: and mentally yeah and actually the much better thing to focus on is just gradually and slowly changing your habits by like slowing down your eating is the first thing mindful eating you'll find you'll feel more drawn to healthy foods and yeah we could go on sleep (laughs) and moving and stress management are also just as important and so is community and connection it's just as an important part of well-being as what you eat yeah but I guess that's a whole other. Yeah, podcast. so Sarah,
1: we should sit down and you know jot down the scope of what the syllabus can look like. Seriously, but yeah. you should write this. <laughs> and syllabus. just like, hey, hey, here I'll you do go. the well the well being <laughs> part. I would be honest. Oh honored. man, no, but this is great, Sarah. I think I covered everything I had in yeah. mind and oh, more. Yeah, so it was really awesome. nice to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, was it was awesome. Really so,
0: loved hearing about your visions and dreams and goals.
1: I and, think and this is the most I've spoken about my you know one of these ventures at least the Good. most, which is yeah crazy
0: i'm so glad and <laughs> if i can help or be a part of it in any way absolutely, i'd love absolutely. to be and like i said you've put it out there and i'll take it forward like i'll i'll remember this
1: yeah absolutely and and who knows our yeah. audience as well yeah exactly to it watched it so exactly. you never know yeah. and
0: you just you never know where something is sparked or a conversation will happen in two years time so yeah, yeah
1: absolutely so i'll ask something of you which i ask of all my okay. guests the two things one is uh, if you had to send people online where do we send them to check your workout and all of that so here you go no high horse This is your free yeah, plug wow that's such a good question
0: because i'm really battling with that but instagram is the best place um right now if you're mm-hmm. listening to this in 2022 because um it's the easiest for me it's where i have built the biggest community um but i fully recognize and want to expand that. Eventually, I would love to say it's the Copper and Clothes app. That's where our community um, is the most active, that we speak to each other, that there's, you know, content, that there's ways of connecting, that it's how you could touch in on events. So that's my vision for yeah. for Copper and Clothes is to um have something like that but yeah. right now it's definitely instagram that's instagram. where i'm the most active and we so it's copper and cloves that's just all one word yeah um and also you know our cafe has a separate instagram which you can easily find through mine
1: awesome and uh, yeah one last message for our audience anything that you maybe you didn't touch upon right now or just one last closing thought <laughs> Hmm. Not to put you on the spot, but no, <laughs> I have
0: so many, and I think there's a couple of things that have come up in this conversation. like, I guess one is if you have if you if you have a gut instinct, like we've both talked about this in slightly different ways. If you have a gut instinct about something you really enjoy or something you feel you should shouldn't do, just learn to trust that. I, I really think that one of the things that is missing from education and is missing from just daily talking is what what is your gut instinct, what is your intuition telling you? Intuition is such a underrated or under misunderstood part, and it's considered a bit woo-woo, of, of intelligence. But intelligence, intuition, is absolutely a part of, um, you know, of of our intelligence and of our of our self Mm. right and and i think that just learning you know learning to to trust it and and listen to it and not dismiss it because you're rationalizing things and making pro-con lists and listening to whatever is the social prevailing norms of the time but trust your intuition Mm. i really that's one of my big messages that I feel and awesome. I think it
1: resonates with what we've talked about absolutely absolutely thank you so much Sarah no, this is awesome you for
0: having me I'm honored to <laughs> yeah. be on and I really liked talking to you
1: that's awesome I mean, next time I'll have you on again I, I say this to all my guests we'll yeah. have you on again yeah. when maybe I come back for a break yeah. from Canada, and we'll probably, you know, get a couple of our guests back and see yeah, where they have Yeah, I'd love meet. to, yeah. Then we'll talk yeah. then as well. We'll Absolutely. talk a lot about your content bit, and we'll talk a lot about other things. Yeah, we have really talked yeah. about
0: the formco and the, you know, uh, all, and, all and the And plans. just the fact that
1: you started creating content on Instagram itself, that's another yeah. thing altogether. We'll definitely talk about cool. all of this MO. Cool, but Thank you so much, Sarah, it was you. awesome. Thank you,
0: thank you for having me
1: thank you for tuning in to the episode that concludes part two of my conversation with sarah if you liked it and you're stuck around till now i'm assuming you liked it hit that like button if you're watching this on youtube and if you're listening to this on audio then consider leaving a rating and review it takes only about 10 to 15 seconds but goes a long long way in terms of showing your support to our show if you'd like to be featured on the show then send us your questions send us a short video talking about how the shows helped you, what's the impact the show's had on your life. And also, if you have a question for either me or my guest, then send us those questions and we'll have it answered on the show. Try to keep your videos less than one minute. Try to shoot it horizontally and send it across to contact at akashnamodhan.com and we'll feature you on the show. Yeah, huge shout out to Red Music Box. It's basically the location we shot and recorded this episode. If you are a content creator, you are an audio content creator or a musician who's looking at recording their pieces, then might I recommend coming down to Red Music Box and giving this place a try. It's probably the most professional uh, setup I've seen in Bangalore. And you'll get all the assistance you need from someone like Varun who's an expert when it comes to sound mixing, uh, editing and design. Easily the best studio I've been to in Bangalore. Go check it out for yourself if you'd like to give it a try. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you in the next episode. I was going to say next week, but probably I'll be releasing an episode the week after. So yeah, I'll see you on the next episode. Cheers.